Hey everybody, Ryan here from the Illustrious Gentleman Podcast. It's a podcast hosted by myself, Ryan Cody, and my partner Scott Godleski. We're comic book artists who most recently worked on Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes for DC Comics. The trade paperback collection of that uh, is in stores on December 13th, so here in a couple weeks, about 10 days from the time I record this. Uh, this week's podcast was previously recorded and then had to be trashed because my audio was said trash. So this week I'm going to do a little intro, catch up on some of the stuff we talked about last week before going into a uh, interview I did with uh, writer John Lehman earlier this summer. So stick around, listen to me talk about some soccer stuff. Uh, I'm going to have a nice little beer here, so uh, stick around. It'll be a fun one. Wherever you listen to this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review. All that helps. If you leave us a five-star review, we'll leave it on the po- read it on the podcast, I should say. And uh, you can also support the podcast at patreon.com slash super75studios. And all your illustrious gentlemen needs can be met at tigshow.com, T-I-G-S-H-O-W.com. We have shirts. Uh, we have some other merch on there, all sorts of good stuff. All the episodes are linked there. Um, so you can listen directly in browser through our website, um, or the podcast is available on every podcast service. You can download, listen, subscribe there. Uh, so check that out and remember tigshow.com. We also want to tell you about the Arizona comic book art fest, azcomicartfest.com, just like it's spelled, or you can just Google Arizona comic book art festival and uh, it should come up. It's February 25th, 2023. It's a Saturday. It's a one day show. We got an incredible guest list. I'm going to go ahead and just read through our entire guest list real quick, uh, just so you can uh, just so you can get pumped. We got uh, Eisner Award winner Mitch Garretts. We have uh, multiple award winner Steve Rude. We have uh, Boys co-creator Derek Robertson. We have Andrew McLean from Headlopper. We have Alexis Zirit from Space Riders. Uh, we have Hero Boy and the Bears, Mike Kunkel. We have Henry Barajas. We have James Owen. We have Chu creator John Lehman. Uh, Combo guard is Scott Godleski, Scott Collins, Nick Cagnetti, Jeff Marriott and Marshila Rockwell, Meredith McLaren, Val Hochberg, Ryan Cody, Jay Gonzo, Mike Macropolis, Ryan Quackenbush, Jim Hanna, Matt Goodall, Ryan Leiby, Jay Photos, Joe Aubrey and Eric Peterson of Space Bastards, and Tyler Button of Tapestry Comics. All sorts of great guests. We also are going to have over 25 um, artists exhibiting in uh, Artist Alley, but we're, we're just calling them the you know artist area or artist tables. Haven't thought of a clever name yet for that area, but uh, Artist Alley is a terrible name, so I'm not going to use that. Um, but please, everyone, check us out on social media. Tell your friends about it. It's important. we got to sell some tickets. We want to sell out. We want to have a great event for uh, Arizona comic book fans. Unlike other shows that focus on TV and movie stars and, you know, all the all the merch and all the accessories that come with comics, we're focusing on the, the main course. We're focusing on comic books, comic book creators, and comic book art. So we need your support. azcomicartfest.com just like it's spelled, or just Google it. And uh, we're proudly supported by Brandon's Comics in Tempe, Samurai Comics, four locations in the Valley, Cab Comics, Flagstaff, Arizona, Ghost Cactus Comics, uh, Surprise, Arizona, and uh, the Foundry Phoenix Hotel. Uh, Foundry Phoenix Hotel is our is our you know our base for the event. It's where our guests will be staying. It's where our drink and draws will be held. They have art hanging on the walls. They're they're an art gallery. Um, just a really great hotel, bar, market, everything you need. You can find it at the Foundry Phoenix Hotel. We encourage you to stay there next time you're in Phoenix. All right, so yeah, Scott and I recorded a podcast already this week. It didn't go as planned because my audio, something was wrong. These things are finicky. Uh, we do not have the most professional setup, and sometimes things go wrong. This time it was my fault, so I'm going to do a quick little intro, like I said, and we're going to get on to it. But the first thing I wanted to talk about was how bad my predictions were in last week's episode when we were predicting who were going to advance out of the group stages. Um, 16 teams advance. 
Uh, my predictions were 10 and 6. I got six of them wrong. I want to apologize to these following teams who made it into the knockout rounds of the 2022 World Cup. Uh, Senegal, the Lions of Taranga advanced. Um, they have now since been eliminated by England, but they did get to the knockout rounds. And uh, Senegal, going off of last week's show where we had uh, superheroes or comic book characters linked to every country, Senegal has Sandale Man, who is a guy who throws sandals. Uh, so there we go. But yeah, they lost out to Captain Britain and uh, England in the round of 16, but it's great they got that far. Poland advanced. Um, I should have picked Poland to advance, but I didn't. I don't know why. Um, but uh, there they go. They lost to France yesterday, so whatever. Uh, Mexico was a disappointment in that group. I had them to advance. They really shit the bed. Uh, hopefully El Tree bounces back. And the character, the combo character from Poland is Vengeance, a Ghost Rider villain with pretty much the same exact powers as Ghost Rider. Uh, it's funny when you get to a lot of these uh, Eastern European countries how most of the characters you find from them are, uh, are villains. Uh, Australia advanced. The Socceroos shocked the world and advanced to the round of 16. Unbelievable. Uh, they promptly lost to Argentina in the round of 16 as well. So uh, I think we're seeing a trend here of teams that snuck through getting uh, getting pinched there in the in the final 16. Um, some characters from Australia are Gateway, the X-Men teleporter, who was around during uh, the Australian Outback era and is probably around now. Quiet guy, doesn't say much, but he can uh, transport the team anywhere. I always like Gateway. I always like the concept of Gateway, like just asking him to send them places. Uh, he was like their own little, uh, you know, uh, X-Jet, their own Blackbird when they didn't have one. Uh, and also Captain Boomerang, if you're a DC stand, Captain Boomerang is from Australia. So lucky you. Japan advance, and as I record this, it is halftime of Japan and Croatia in the round of 16. Japan's up one nothing. Let's go, boys. Let's do it. Samurai Blue. You could choose either Sunfire or Silver Samurai for your for your Japan uh, mascot. I'm gonna go with Silver Samurai. Sunfire is just a jerk. I know they've got him as like a powerhouse now in Marvel, but I'm not I'm not interested in that. I'm all about the Silver Samurai. Croatia advanced as well. Like I said, they're playing right now. Uh, Croatia has a couple of villains from them in the Marvel Universe. One of them is Emil Blonsky, who recently re-rose to fame on the She-Hulk TV show. Uh, shout out to Emil Blonsky. And Portugal, who I should have had advanced in the first place. I didn't. I don't know why. I'm, I'm anti-Ronaldo at this point. He's a giant crybaby. But Portugal did advance. Um, and the only superhero I can find... Uh, from Portugal is Ronaldo himself. And at this point, I think he's a villain. Uh, they play later today against South Korea, and I want South Koreans to destroy the Portugal team. Um, there we go. On Saturday morning, so a couple days ago, I woke up at 6.40 in the morning. I'll take a sip of my Great Divide Strawberry Rhubarb Sour Ale. Mm. So, Saturday morning... I went to a bar. I got up at 6 in the morning. At 6.40, I left my house. I walked two miles to Georgian Dragon, which is a bar up the road. I was supposed to meet friend of the program, Thomas Healy, and friend of the program, Tyler Button. Uh, neither of them made it. Thomas, bless his heart, drove all the way down there. And then uh, it was way more packed than we anticipated. There, It was insanely packed. I had to like sit with some strangers so uh, I don't blame I don't blame the other guys for bailing when they found out how packed it was. So there I am on a patio full of strangers watching the U.S. take on Netherlands. Uh, it was a fun atmosphere. It was a good time, good service. Uh, everything worked out except that the U.S. Uh, lost to the Netherlands, obviously. But um, yeah, I had a good time. I met a random Russian lady who uh, problematically might have been pro-Russia. She kept. Uh, referring to the fact that Russia wasn't in this games and hopefully they'll be in the next games. Um, but uh, she was nice. She told me all about her kids and shit. And then uh, even when the U.S. lost, she bought me a uh, Irish car bomb, which uh, is one of the most delicious alcoholic beverages ever invented. So shout out to Sasha. Uh, and uh, I hope she's uh, rooting on Japan and Korea today, just like me. Um, so before we get into the talk with John Lehman that I recorded earlier this year, John has a bunch of new books coming up, by the way. 
Uh, I don't know if he's still on social media or not, but uh, just uh, you could talk to your local comic book shop about what John Lehman books are coming out and just keep an eye on it. Google it. I'm sure you'll be able to find him. Uh, but yeah, he has a slew of books coming out, I think, in the next year or two. So just uh, hop on the John Lehman bandwagon if you're not already there. Uh, but yeah, uh, the beer I just cracked and I sipped, and then I want to let you know about before I uh, get off here, is uh, a strawberry rhubarb by Great Divide Brewing. It's like 6%. It's a sour, obviously. I'm not quite sure what to think about it after the first sip or two. It's fine. It's not too sour, so if you like your sours with just a hint of tartness and not overwhelming, this might be a good one for you. Uh, I'm going to read a review here on Untapped from, uh, I think it's friend of the program, Ed Harris. Otherwise, it's actor Ed Harris, who I didn't know I was friends with on Untapped. Uh, Ed gave it a 3.75 out of 5, and he says, Great soft flavor. I agree. You can definitely taste the strawberry and rhubarb. I don't really know what rhubarb tastes like, so maybe this is it. Easily overpowered by any food with a savory flavor, though. Well, lucky for me, it's... uh, I'm not eating anything savory this morning as I uh, record the podcast, put up the podcast, and then get to work coloring more pages. Uh, But yeah, Ed Harris, he likes this beer. I think it's it's just fine. I'll go ahead and give it a a three, maybe a three and a half because I'm feeling good. Samurai Blue up by one at the half. So yes, please enjoy this conversation I had with John Lehman from earlier in the summer. And uh, Scott and I will hopefully be back next week with no microphone problems and no podcast recording problems. Fingers crossed. Thanks for listening. See you guys later. So John Lehman is a guy I've known for a while now. And in the last few years, we've gotten to be better friends. I found myself with John in a secret basement bar somewhere in San Antonio once where Christian Narn, 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 Hodor from Game of Thrones and we, John Feeney from Our Flag Means Death, was DJing. And very much in character for both John and myself, that place was too crowded and the line for free drinks was too long. So we moved it next door to to a heavy metal bar, like a biker bar where we ended up throwing darts with a couple very friendly bruisers who forced me to eat their homemade chicken salad sandwich. Uh, when a guy in a leather vest tells you to eat the sandwich his wife made, you eat the fucking sandwich. So, And it wasn't bad, even if the mayo is the devil's condiment. Uh, John has been a journalist and an editor at Wildstorm, but is most well-known as the Eisner Award-winning writer and creator of Chew, which was published by Image Comics and ran for 60 issues, and its more recent sequel, Chew, C-H-U. He's also written for characters like Gambit and the Fantastic Four at Marvel, Batman at DC, and various titles at Wildstorm, IDW, Oni, and Dynamite. In this episode, we chat about working conventions as an editor, doing shows as a writer, and traveling internationally as a working comic book creator. Uh, So enjoy this episode of Super Fun Weekend with John Lehman, and remember, tell your friends about it. Tweet it, Facebook it, Instagram it, TikTok it, Snapchat it, Bumble it, Tinder it, LinkedIn it. Whatever you're into, I don't judge. No kink shaming. I appreciate you and enjoy the show. So uh, do you remember, did you start going to cons and stuff before you were a pro? Like, did you, because I know you go to San Diego a lot or or for a long time. Yeah, I started going to like, well, you know, I was a kid in, uh, I grew up in Marysville, Yuba City area, which is uh, like a farm towns like 40 miles north of sacramento california right so uh there would be little tiny sack cons and about once a year there'd be uh you know some some convention at san francisco that you know we we had uh our little comic shop at the local mall and we'd get a bunch of people together and chip in on a hotel room and uh you know go to a show and they were they were a lot different then i mean i i remember being like a freshman in high school and buying a george perez page for like 25 or 30 bucks <laughs> and yeah, uh, those, you know, they were a lot lower key uh you know than they are now i mean it was it was you know a bunch of not even a bunch you know it was a well yeah i guess a bunch of you know fat sweaty guys in rooms with long boxes there was no pop culture you know barely any toys but yeah i went to i went to cons uh a lot and then uh i moved to uh, i uh Moved to San Diego in 91 because I knew they had the big comic book con there, which, you know, doesn't even compare to what it is now. You know, right. I paid $5 to 
to walk in and saw the whole show in in my lunch hour, you know, in 91. Right. Um, well, before we go any further, do, do, have you ever gone, have you gone back to any of those small Northern California shows since you've been a pro? I don't, I don't even know if they have them anymore. I think Sacramento has a con. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think it's the same show. I mean, I went to Wizard World, uh, Sacramento a few years ago and that was, uh, uh that was pretty dismal in terms of, of sales right. and traffic. Right. But, but it was still, you know, Wizard World, you know, they still had, you know, Norman Reedus there and, you know, Henry Winkler and, uh, you know, it, it wasn't like the cons I went to as a kid. Right. There's no, uh, there's no nostalgia con up there where some dude is selling like, uh, you know, weird magazine size comics and shit. Like, yeah, you know, the, I guess just the other week, and I wish I would have known about it. I saw people posting about an, what they called old man con. Yes. In, in Scottsdale. That seemed like it was just, you know, guys with long boxes. And I would have loved to have gone to that. Like, it sounded like just like an old school kind of, you know, swap meet more than a, you know, what we consider a con these days. Right. I got to talk to whoever it is that I pissed off because I also did not know anything about that. And I saw yeah. all the posts and I was like, oh, that would have been fun to go to. Yeah, uh, I would have I would have dropped some money on uh, back issues. Right. Uh, so do you remember the first con you did as a pro? Well, see, even that's different because do you mean as a freelancer or or as an editor? Because, you know, I was a wild storm editor from uh you know, like 95 to 2001 or 96 to 2001. So, you know, I would go as an editor and, you know, it was shitty. You had to do like portfolio reviews, uh, which I hated. But the good thing is you had the company card and, you know, freelancers that you were working with, you know, expected you to take them out to dinner. Right. And, uh, you know, so that was, you know, I, I, I sort of started my professional experience on the other side of the fence. And it was, you know, it was kind of the big time, you know, I was going to, you know, 16 people dinners with Jim Lee at, uh, you know, really expensive restaurants. Yeah. What's that? Uh, what's that like from an, uh, an editor's point of view Are are freelancers just trying to hit you up all day? Like oh I, I imagine was... being, I imagine being an editor at a con, everyone's just looking for work, right? Yeah. And, you know, we used to have the, the DC booth and there would be this thing where, you know, you, you, you'd make arrangements with people and then they'd always bring a couple tag alongs. And then you'd be at the booth when things were shutting down and there'd always be a couple freelancers like hanging out, like kind of hoping they'd get a, a, you know, a a dinner invite. And, you know, your little intimate dinner of, of four always got, you know, up to, up to like 12 people. And it was weird because at Wildstorm, they never really, they never really gave me instructions on like, Hey, you can get, you know, reimburse stuff and all this. And, you know, I remember one con, like I didn't really know how it was done. We had all these people and they expected you to pay. We had like an $800 bill and, you know, you laid down the credit card thinking, Ooh, shit. Are they, is it, is, are they going to reimburse me? Like it was, right. it was, it was really, or, or, you know, did I just take a, you know, a bunch of people, half of whom I don't even know out to an $800 meal, you know, nothing scarier. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, the instructions were not clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. And then uh, you sort of figured it out after you laid down that expensive expense account. You're like, oh, okay. You know, you, you know, when cons roll into town and basically, you know, if, if anyone came into the office who was a, a, you know, a pro you wanted to butter up, you could take them out. And, uh, but it, you know, it, 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 yeah, I, I was never told the rules. I had to figure it out. Okay. So do you remember then the first show you did not as an employee of Wildstorm or DC when you were just, uh, you know, writer? John Lehman. Well, I, I moved to Seattle and there were some, some ones, you know, kind of like th- there were ones in like the sports arena that were real small and, you know, just a couple local guys would show up or maybe they'd bring in, bring out like one pro. But the first time I ever sort of felt like I made it was, um, uh, uh, Mike Malvey in, in Phoenix, Marvel zombies, army of darkness came out and he actually like flew me out which, you know, that had never happened before. You know, I'd been going to cons forever and like doing these little rinky dink signings. You know, I would even, you know, sign at San Diego con and, you know, I'd be happy if I walked away with, you know, 35 bucks for beer money that night. Right. Uh, was that your first time out to Phoenix? Uh, no, cause I was seeing a girl there, which was, which sort of was like the, the reason to, to go like Malvi didn't completely put me up. He, he paid for, uh, he paid for my flight, but not my uh, 
hotel right. uh, because I was I was staying with the girl I was seeing or, or vice versa. Maybe he got a hotel and I drove up. But one way or the other, it was partially paid for, which right. felt great. Yeah. Um, so, so what's that like? Like, did you feel, you know, being flown in t- for like a store signing? That's still something I've ne- I've never I've driven to store signings. But uh, how how was that compared to like doing a show? Like, you know, you feel special. And I've had it happen now where, you know, I have been flown to sh- store signings and, you know, have been flown to cons. So, you know, you I have sort of never forgotten to be grateful for it. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's flying me and putting me in a hotel for a for a show, and like at this point, I've been all over the world. So you know, right. you know, that's the really crazy part when I get you know when I'm in Australia or Poland or Singapore or whatever. But you know, even uh, you know, even before Chew got big, and I was uh, well, was I really flown places? Did I <laughs> really do? I don't. I don't think until Chew happened, uh, you know, any of the big invites happened. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I'm still in that weird spot where like a smaller show might bring me out and and pay for my travel, but the bigger shows, I'm I'm just lucky to get a table, you know, if even a table. There's still shows that I want to do, and uh, you know, I'll reach I'll reach out. You know, I'm not above like emailing a show, being like, hey, I want to come visit your city and I want I want to do your show, and uh, you know, yeah, all, well, I'm ask- you know, all, I, I'm, all I'm asking for is a table, and a lot of times never I, I still don't get me. that. And I saw a certain pro was like traveling all over the place and, you know, going, you know, just every time I turned around, they were, you know, posting about a different show. And I asked him, you know, do you have a manager? Like, how do you, how do you get these invites? And she said, well, I reach out, you know, I say, Hey, you know, your show looks interesting. Here's who I am, what I've done. Uh, You know, uh, I would like to attend. And so, I do that now. And, and, and not only that, I'll say, you know, Hey, I've been an editor. I've been a letterer. I've, I've worked for the big two. I've, I've, you know, I, 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 I know both sides. I can pitch. I can tell you what an editor's looking in pitch. So, you know, since, since I'm not an artist, uh, you know, can't bring value that way. Um, I can tell them, Hey, these are the subjects I can speak on. You know, I'm happy to do, you know, panels or seminars or whatever. Right. So, you know, you fly me out. Here's what I can talk about. You know, I'm a, I'm a comfortable public speaker. So, uh, and you know, if, if I send 10 of those out, you know, cause I'll, I'll look at like, and this is all pre COVID 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 has messed everything up, but right. you know, I would, I would send, I don't know, six or eight kind of queries out. And, and, you know, I was concentrating on foreign shows at that point. And if I get one, yes, then I'm in Singapore, you know, or France or something. And it's, you know, it's paid for and it's just, uh, you know, it's amazing. And I've done that to, you know, um, you know, US based shows too, but not a lot of places I left that I haven't been. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I don't mind like singing for my supper, like um, you know, a show that brings me gives me a table and you know, gives me a hotel or something like that. You know, I let them know straight what else can I do for you? Do you need badge art? Do you need what panels yeah. do you want? You know, how many panels can I do for you? I'll do I'll do as many panels as you need me to do because they're they're yeah, allowing nice, they're allowing uh, me to travel oh they they need right. you know they need to fill their uh um you know their roster uh you know for panels and stuff yeah and i'm 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 happy to do that kind of stuff um so for you what do you think uh what do you think are the keys to a good convention like a good uh like work trip i guess you know uh what is it that makes john layman excited about a good show well it's 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 one of three things either money you know money's great right but also you know i've gone to shows that uh are just abysmal money wise but i'm hanging out with friends and it's like okay i'm not making much money at the show but you know i'm in a weird city i've never been with you know some people i love who i can go out with afterwards or you know maybe sit next to it you know at a table uh and the third thing is you know a city that's got cool stuff like, uh, you know, like I had never been to Washington DC and I got a chance to go to, you know, Washington con, whatever it was. And, you know, uh, you know, if it's an in- interesting city, I'll always stay a couple days and, you know, see the Washington monument and the white house and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I don't, I mean, I do love money, but you know, writers can never make as much as an artist anyways. So, you know, I got to have a good time or have something to do at a show. 
Yeah, that show in DC, uh, awesome con. I, yeah, I did awesome it, con. Yeah, I did it one year, and I have a friend who lives in a suburb, so all they did was give me a table, which I was happy for. But yeah, it's cool. It's right. It's right in the middle of the city. I mean, you're walking around, you know, free museums. Yeah. You know, I guess, I guess, kind of the best culture, some of the best culture you can get in the states. Well, the other uh, thing I do is, you know, if there's a celebrity I I love, I'll just be like, hey man, you know. I'm going to be working my table, but I'd really like, you know, an autograph picture with this or that guy. And uh, like for awesome con, I actually brought my family. And at that point, Stan was getting pretty old. And I'm like, you know, Stan's not going to be around forever. I want to get a picture with me, my kid and Stan Lee. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the primary reason for that con. And, you know, they, they rushed us in and it, it could have just as well been a standee instead of Stan Lee. What are you crying for, Keith? <laughs> Uh, but you know, I got my picture with Stan, you know, and, and, you know, my kid will have that forever. Right. Uh, so, so what do you look for then if you're, if a new show reaches out to you or if you're going to reach out to a new show, is it just, uh, somewhere you haven't been before or you've seen the guest list? Like sometimes, sometimes I'll look at a show's guest list and I'll be like, oh shit, I want to hang out with that guy. That's exactly what I do. Yeah. It's either the city or the guest list. And, uh, you know, money's always incidental because, you know, again, I'm a writer, uh, you know, I'm selling, you know, 10 or $15 trades. I'm not going to make what, uh, you know, Frank Cho does, you know, doing cover sketches. Right. Exactly. Uh, so what, so then what makes a bad show? What makes a bad trip? You know, I've, I've only had, it, it, I've only had two bad shows in and, the I mean, entire you don't, you don't, time I've been doing shows. Yeah. And, you don't have to name them. Well, I'm happy to. Uh, uh, one of it, one of them was so bad, it sort of transcended its awfulness and now is a story and it's kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, which was Denver fan fest. Uh, and you know, the, the story and the, the, the night I had with Tony Bedard, uh, made it kind of worth it now in retrospect, although the show itself was misery. And then I did, uh, uh, fan Expo Toronto, and it's the only con I've ever been treated like shit, and they just treated me like shit. Uh, uh, it was a, it was a a retailer who brought me out, but I did like panels and stuff, so I did stuff for the shows. And right. there was a point where I was put in a really bad hotel room next to a hotel ele- elevator that anytime uh, someone used it, you know, my whole room shook. And it took them two days to get me another room. And by then I was so sleep deprived, deprived I left my badge in the room. So I came the next day. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I need another badge. You know, here's what happened. And they wouldn't give it to me. They're like trying to charge me 70 bucks or whatever. And it's like, look, I'm on your freaking guest list. I'm, uh, you know, here's the panels I've done. And they right. would not budge. They like, they thought I was some kind of scammer, even though my name was everywhere. And they just, uh, you know, they treated my, me like I was a con man trying to, you know, con a second badge. F- Fan Expo Toronto, worst fucking show of my life. Um, I wonder if they're, I wonder if they're the same Fan Expo that just bought all the Wizard World shows. I, I, I think it's probably changed, you know, hands. Right. I mean, it is the same, but I think it's changed and it, it's, you know, probably better. I also think, uh, uh, that that maybe the uh, the con had some beef with the retailer who brought me in, but you know that's no excuse to, you know, take it out on me after I'm doing panels and stuff. I mean, it was a, it was a, uh, like it took. I sat there for like two hours before it never actually got resolved. The retailer like snuck around the back and got me, you know, s- you know, kind of slid me an extra badge, and we went to another place and got in, but you know. They would never have let me in without me paying seventy dollars, which I was not going to do. Yeah, that's why I like to do that. That exact thing where if it's a corporate show, the people running the the show there locally, they don't know who you are. They don't care who you are yeah. for the most part. They're not really in. They're 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 working for an event company. They're not into running a comic show, uh, which is why I like smaller shows. But why? Uh, why was Denver Fan Fest? So what was wrong with that oh. show? Was it just dead or was it? Uh... Oh. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I had gotten invited to this and I saw like Ben Templesmith, who's a pal, you know, at a show. I'm like, where are you going next? He's like, Denver. 
And I'm like, oh, I just got an invite to Denver. Okay, I'll say yes. Yeah. So, I'll, you know, I'll hang out with Ben Dipplesmith. And uh, and so I went, and he turned out to be going to Denver Con or whatever the, the big con is. And Fest was like part of a thing called like DigiFest and Horror Fest and sci- Sci-Fi Fest. And, um, and it was in like six or eight different adjacent hotels. And, uh, and it had a pretty good guest list. I mean, it had like Aaron Lepresti, me and Rob Guillory, uh, Freddie Williams, the third, uh, you know, it, it, uh, maybe, maybe Phil Jimenez, like, I'm not sure, but, but it, you know, it had eight or so really good guests, uh, you know, that, you know, that, you know, would have, would have been the same as like an Albuquerque con or, or you uh-huh. know, whatever. But it turned out to be this really small thing in a hotel lobby. And there were people who literally didn't make any money the entire show. Like, you know, just a few people filtered in. And then some weird dude came up and started talking to Rob Guillory, who after a while was smart enough to kind of turn the other way and like, you know, get really involved with commission, a commission. <laughs> right. So I got stuck talking to the guy. And he was handing me these weird notebooks filled with like, you know, just bizarre writing. And it's like, eh, okay, you know, <laughs> cool, you know, move along, dude. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you like that? That That's from John Wayne Gacy. And he pulled out this other thing. He's like, this is from, you know, Charles Manson. This is from Son of Sam. And he was some freaking weirdo who, um, who like, you know, was like a jailhouse letter writer to like the sickest people. Right. And you're holding this stuff and it's like, yeah, just because Chew is kind of a crime book doesn't mean I'm into this stuff. And, you know, I'll look at it for 30 seconds, but I don't, you know, I don't really want to hold this. You know, I don't I don't really want to talk to you, weirdo. And I got stuck talking to this guy for like two hours. He just wouldn't take a message, wouldn't go. And but that was like, you know, the only person of the day. And we had three days of this show and, you know, there were literally hours where, you know, no one was in this hotel lobby. And on the last night, uh, Tony Bedard and I were like, you know, we, we oh, and there was nothing around. And, you know, so we walked to this pizza joint that was like a mile away and, you know, got some beers, went back to the room, smoked a little, drank a little. And we're like, you know what? Let's, let's just walk around. Let's let's check out these other fests. And uh, so we walked into, you know, and again, this is like two or three days of nothing, tumbleweeds. Except for, you know, Psycho Guy. Right. And we walk into like Celebrity Fest or Sci-Fi Fest or whatever. And there were like 60,000 wasted half-naked people just partying their asses off at the hotel next to us. And we had no idea. Like, had they put us in the smallest corner in that hotel, we would have made like, you know, a hundred times the money and had right. way more fun. And it's like, we realized on the last night there that there was this giant like almost an orgy of like 60,000 just, you know, weirdos just partying it up. And, uh, you know, and instead, you know, we, uh, you know, we'd been stuck. So it ended up kind of funny, you know, that Tony, Tony and I ended up, you know, kind of blasted at this party at this, you know, this crazy hotel thing on the last night, which, you know, the story itself now makes up for how bad the con was. Right. Yeah, the the guy you got who got you got stuck talking to, he was in the wrong hotel. He was looking for like Manifesto Fest or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Serial killer con. Yeah. Uh, going back real quick to when you were an editor, were you? Did you ever feel any pressure to? Did did you do you act differently at like the post con hang or something like that because you're representing a company rather than representing yourself? Was there I any I, any I pressure I to now? But, you know, this was the mid-90s, and right. man, I just can't cry. Um, things were a lot less, like, like you know, they they had parties, you know, that, you know, Marvel, Wildstorm, you know, the, the companies would rent out, you know, suites, and there would just be debauchery on a level that would not be acceptable anymore. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, 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 you know, different era so you know yeah you weren't really ex- i mean you were expected to have some professional go to conduct but i'm i'm sure it's gotten a little more uh professional than uh over the over the years but yeah i right. never thought i like oh i gotta act like an editor uh where you probably would have to now yeah 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, especially as as the editor pool diversifies, people who go to conventions diversify. It, it was, was all guys then. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. all you know drunk guys, and uh, you know probably a lot of people would be me too now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, do you have any? Um, so I have a question here. I'm not sure if this is going to last throughout the whole season or not. I don't know how good it is, but do you have any like uh, like travel tips or packing tips, or is there something that you you can you never forget that's very important for you? Yeah. You well, I mean, show? this is more for I have my own little go bag of like toiletries that I never I never unpack. I just like stick in my closet and like you know it's got my toothpaste, my deodorant, you know, you know, razor, you know, whatever I need. And so I just always grab that. But, you know, for, for international travel, I have learned the hard way. And again, not so, not so bad in America, but cords, chargers, and portable cords and like portable chargers, you need multiple ones because cords always like crap out at the worst time. And when you're in, in like a weird country and your, you know, firewire cable goes out, you're screwed. Um, so yeah, I always bring like, two cords in my carry on and then two more cords, you know, in my suitcase for every device that, you know, if it needs a, a micro USB, I bring four. If I need, you know, I, I, I will never be caught dead without a core, you know, a cord again. And right. so, you know, I always usually bring two chargers as well for the same reason. Yeah, that's smart. I used to always have like a portable charger and I used to have a friend who lived in Tucson. So he'd always come see me at either the Tucson show or the Phoenix show and several times he brought like he would bring his portable charger. He would see that I didn't have one and he would give me one. He would give me yeah. the one that he brought. And then I, I must I must hold the record for losing the most portable chargers. I think I've lost like five and he bought me like four of them. Well, uh, you know, that's a good reason to carry two, because if you lose one, you got a backup. Right. OK, so uh, since you're a writer and not an artist, well, I, I don't mean it the way that sounded. No, no, no. Since, since you're a writer and you don't have the same revenue streams, you were talking about like it's important to do other things at shows. Do you have to approach shows differently because you're not you don't have the opportunity to make the same amount of money? Like, do you ship do you ship books to shows? Do you just assume that you might not break even or you might take a loss and it's more of a like a marketing slash vacation thing? Well, I mean, they're paying for my hotel and my flight, you right? Know, that, that, and, you know, and and you know, my table goes with that. And so, you know, I will only, you know, in America, I always fly Southwest. Uh, you know, I'm not tall, so I don't need a lot of leg room. And um, uh, you can you can bring uh, two fifty pound bags. So I will, you know, you know, it'll be you know forty seven pounds of books and three pounds of clothes. Right. And, you know, I will I will sell whatever I can. But again, you know, you're selling books and, you know, prints or, you know, whatever, you know, you can only make so much money. So I'm right. definitely not there to make a profit. You know, I'm, I'm there to, you know, to have a, you know, to have a good time with friends and see a city. Yeah. So you don't ever like for me, if I have a really bad show and I've had like zero income shows before. Like I just, uh, you know, I get mad at myself. I get down on myself because then it's I've spent a weekend away from my family. I've essentially lost money. You know, even even if everything's paid for, I'm still losing money because food and right, you know, sure. stuff like that. Um, but I guess if you go in into the weekend, assuming assuming that's that could be likely or, you know, because as an artist, when you have artwork to sell, you just assume like, oh, I can sell this and cover all expenses. And then when that doesn't happen, yeah. It's like a well, super you know, bummer. I've got little ways. I don't, you know, I, I, I always prefer to stay at the, uh, the con hotel if possible. And mm -hmm. then I get my own beer and, yes. uh, you know, then I go up to the room and I can always like, um, you know, kind of brush my teeth and, you know, pee and, you know, make sure, you know, make sure I look okay. And then, uh, you know, grab two beers, you bring one, you, you bring one for yourself and you bring one down and hand it to someone. And it's like buying them a beer, but you're yes. paying two dollars instead of ten dollars. And yep. Uh, yep. you know, drinking, you know, getting a twelve pack or a couple twelve packs before a show, and having it in your room where you have easy access, you will you will save yourselves hundreds of dollars. And you know, if if I'm you know drinking a you know a twelver and buying another twelver for people over the course of a weekend, and you know eating eating out, you know, I don't go to fucking Ruth Christ, 
you know, for, for every meal. Like, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm kind of a simple guy, so I'll just, uh, you know, cons aren't that expensive for me. Uh, and, and the big thing is hotel alcohol. Yeah. Uh, y- you and I were of the same mind on that. That's what I think that's might be one thing we bond over is, yeah. and I'm not being cheap. I'm just like, you are literally throwing away your money when you're buying, you know, when you're buying four drinks, you know, for people, right. You know, you're, you're, you're spending, you know, 45, 50 bucks, uh, you know, which, which again is fine when you're an artist who is doing, you know, $300 commissions and, you know, doing them by the fistful, but right. I'm not. So, you know, I, I just make sure I'm not throwing away money. Yeah. Beyond what I have to. Right. Uh, I think I mentioned this when we were in Anaheim. It's like we all go to the hotel bar and then we all act like it's not outrageously expensive. It's like offensively expensive to drink at these hotels. And I get it. Like if if you're a convention, you know, if you're the guy putting on the show, part of the reason you get room rates and stuff and you get cheaper room rates is because they assume you're going to pay stuff at the bar. I get get the business aspect. There are a lot of people on the corporate card, you know, so. You know, if, if someone offers me to buy me a drink and if they're like an editor type, I'm like, is this coming out of your pocket or, you know, the company's? Because, you know, if, if it's the company, you know, you know, by all means, yes. But, you right. know, you don't necessarily have to, uh, you know, buy me a $12 drink because, uh, you know, I've got that covered. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, OK. So what is your favorite uh, convention? What's your favorite city that you've been to for a con? I, I you know, I've been to. Be, when Chu hit, I started going to all these foreign shows, and I'm just so amazed to be in a different part of the world. I can't pick a favorite; like th- they're all favorites. And I've been, right. I've been to so. I mean, the, that well has dried up thanks to COVID, and it, you know, Chu Chu kind of ran its course, and then COVID hit. Um, so I haven't had any foreign invites for a while. But there's no place I didn't love, and even even when. You know, you know, of course you love, you know, Paris or Australia or, you know, some of these places. But even like, I guess, places you wouldn't normally think of, like India or Poland. I love the fact that, you know, someone else flew me to be there. Yeah, so it's such, it's such I a love, nice I've loved thing. it all. Yeah, it's such a nice, uh, like, like uh, ego boost to, to go to a show and either get either get like a check like one of the shows i do i get reimbursed for my travel so i come home with a you know a check or something like that and it's just like a nice little it's nice to feel appreciated sometimes i mean Uh, i really like cons and i i kind of feed on them uh you know just just you know i like meeting fans i like talking to people who when 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 i meet people who are super enthusiastic about comics it helps me stay enthusiastic because i can uh i can get kind of sour especially lately Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, seeing friends and seeing cities. So that it's impossible for me to come up with with one favorite memory or even five. You know, I've I've had great adventures all over the place. And even like like I don't I think maybe you were there, that the Albuquerque show with like John McCrae and uh um like you know Andy uh 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 Andy Coon. Like yeah. uh, it was That's, it was a terrible show yes. financially, yes. but it was a blast. You know, yeah. I got to hang out with like great people and see a pretty cool city. And like, all right, two out of three. You know, okay, I didn't make money, uh, but you know, the fans I did meet, you know, were cool and grateful. Um, so you know, good good for everybody. Yeah, that show when it was around that Albuquerque show, they had that panel that. It was basically a drinking Q and A. Yeah, I think we might have been on that together. It was so great. Like, uh, I remember. Uh, so the first year I did it, there's only like three of us on there. But then the second year I did it, I think word had spread, and there were like ten of us on there. Yep. And yep. I, I, just I, I think I was on that panel, and they like start you off with a couple shots, and by the end you're real like loopy. Yeah. Yeah, I just what? remember like I was like, you know, three or four from the end, and when they came to take our order. Uh, I don't remember who it was. There's a woman and she ordered like a makers with like a beer back. And then the next person ordered a makers with a beer back. I was just going to have a beer. And then I'm like, well, I can't be the guy who doesn't take the makers. And I, and I think everyone on stage ended up, ended up getting a whiskey and beer. And then, you know, 45 minutes into that, that Q and a, or that panel, you know, uh, John McRae's telling like insane stories. Other dudes are like, I don't, I I don't even think, yeah. yeah. On that stage, I don't even think I said anything because, I was the least like I was the least, uh, 
you know, important person on that stage. So I think I just drank the free booze and listened to everyone tell these amazing stories. Well, someone uh, like McRae is a natural storyteller. So uh, I, I remember another loudmouth who once he got boozy, he started like talking too much and like right. really being inappropriate. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's charming when McRae tells a story about how he got locked out of a hotel room naked. But you're like the one guy, you know, some people shouldn't have booze and be in public. Uh, but even yes. so, I mean, it was a, it was a, like a really novel way to, uh, to run a panel. I think everyone had fun. Yeah, it's great. Um, so y- you don't, you can't narrow down like a favorite place. Is there, yeah. is there either a show or a city that you've been dying to visit and it just hasn't worked out yet somewhere you're dying to go? I want to do the Dubai con, but I, I haven't even either haven't merited an invite or, uh, or the timing has been wrong, but, but that's like the. The, the big one on my bucket list, which is in a really weird place I haven't been. Right. Um, but my, you know, my actual favorite con uh, over the year, you know, I, I, I will I will go to Emerald City Con on my own dime as often as possible. You know, I won't necessarily table. I'll just float and see friends and uh, visit the city. Yeah. Do you... Um... So uh, when I was talking to Michael Cho, we were talking about like, I, I haven't done it since it switched over to read pop. Cause I used to have an inn where I'd get a table uh-huh. prior, prior to that. So I haven't done it in years. Um, do, so is it, you still do it. Is there a big difference between it being a read, like a corporate show to be in like Jim's show? It feels a little more corporate. I mean, they want you to jump through a lot of, you know, for more hoops for your badge and all this sort of shit. But right. I've been lucky enough that I always, know somebody and just like you know hey can you get me an extra badge someone someone who's like you know tabling and has four and somebody didn't show up so i've always been able to weasel my way in without um you know uh worrying about the uh bureaucracy right yeah that uh that dubai show i don't know i want to get him on on this podcast at some point but uh uh i'm i'm friendly with Mark Sable. And I think maybe the first year they did this show or one of the first years they did this show, it was either Dubai or the UAE. It was Dubai. He, he flew out there, got on his leg, got on a, like a, a quad and broke his leg like yep. six hours after landing and then got on a plane back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you know who uh, Sora Sung is? I know the name. I don't know. I don't know them personally. She went this year, and I guess her husband contracted COVID, so they had to stay for 10 days uh, under oh lockdown. Gosh. Oh, man. Yeah, Which is kind of like the con nightmare these days. Like, shit, mm-hmm. what do you... Well, I mean, I guess I could just sit there and write for 10 days. And uh, in this case, I think maybe the either the country or the con paid for it. So you're not, you know, paying for, you know, 10 days at a Hilton or a Hyatt or, you know, whatever right. the hell. Um, but still, like... That's that, and I I think that's why American. Well, I, I you know I think they're slower to invite international guests because you know what if you go over to England or Paris or or you know London or or wherever and uh, you know you get COVID, you know it 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 makes for a whole new headache. Who's paying for the quarantine? You know who's like uh, you know you're not going to have that headache if you just invite people who aren't international. Like COVID's fucked everything up. Right. Yeah. It's going to be interesting moving forward, especially with like, I think maybe I, I noticed. Uh, um, so when we were talking earlier about, you know, go ahead and reach out to con organizers and say, hey, um, I, whatever you would need, I would like to be a guest at your show. I want to visit the city, that kind of thing. Oh, I, I also know, mentioned I'm fully vaxxed. Yes, that's important. Uh, but also I, I've noticed shows, at least coming back this year a lot of them have a much smaller budget. Like a lot of them are like, Hey, you know, uh, can you double up with someone in a room or we just, you know, we can't afford as many guests as, you know, it's nothing personal. We just can't afford as many guests. And I I wonder how long there's a lot of these shows have the new like protocols of like, they got to hire all these people to check your Vax cards and and Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. And just, you know, it's a crapshoot. Hey, are the people going to come back? Are, you know, are cons back yet? Are they back a hundred percent, 80 percent? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when we went to WonderCon, it, it seemed like they were back a hundred percent. I mean, it that Saturday at WonderCon was pretty busy. Yeah, but I think it's different when you're walking around. Like, you know, I the people I talked to at tables mm-hmm. thought it was slow. You know, maybe oh, okay. the people aren't spending money, or maybe maybe it just looks 
big because we haven't been around, you know, cons for so long. But yeah, right. I, I I heard you know disappointment from people. Uh, you know, not major disappointment, but you know, right. they wish it would have gone better. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think you're right. I think COVID is going to linger. I mean, obviously, as a disease, it's going to linger, and as a something in the in the zeitgeist, it's going to linger. But I think it is going to affect cons for much longer than maybe we thought it would. You know, yeah. Shows yeah. shows I mean, are starting it'll back be up. Interesting. Be interesting to see what San Diego's because they did that special edition, which I almost feel like it was proof of concept. Uh, but they proved it, and you know, Warner uh, uh, WonderCon was even bigger than uh, San Diego special edition. So. I'll be real curious to see what San Diego is this year. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't, I don't get the, like, I don't really get FOMO for San Diego. Maybe it's because when I used to go, I mean, this is 12 years ago, I was a nobody. So I never got to go to the parties and stuff like that. So I don't have a fondness for San Diego that I think a lot of people do, but you know, Maybe I'll go back at some point. Who knows? Well, I've been going every year since 91. So it's it, now it's to the point where I can't stop. <laughs> right. It's like I can't, uh, I can't break the streak. I mean, that was the reason I went to special edition. I, it sounded like bullshit, but it's like, well, is it a San Diego con? If it technically is, I want to say that I've, I've been. So yeah, you're the Cal Ripken of San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. yeah. Or the end of the killing joke. Uh, do you have like a favorite uh, story? Like, or I guess I'm sure you have plenty, but is there a story you could tell a, a con story or even like a funny travel story? And yeah, uh, you know, I think that the, my favorite con story was at a New York con where like <clears throat> four people came up to us, Rob and I, and this was also where we were selling the Smorgasbord edition, which is like the absolute edition for a hundred bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. We made so much money that show because people were just handing us hundred dollar bills. Uh, yeah. And we had like, you know, like a hundred, 150 units to sell and we sold out. So like I was going home with like 7,000, $8,000 cash. It felt so good. But, um, uh, the, uh, like, like four people dressed up like, uh, Tony Chu, the sister, Tony Chu with an eye, olive Chu, and then, girl tony's uh fiance paneer uh, uh the indian nasa guy and they were all in 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 character and it turned out the night before they all dressed up and they were like like doing some kind of like cosplay photo shoot where they were like reenacting scenes from chew and there's a point where uh that the the indian paneer gets down on a, his knee and 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 uh and proposes to sister tony and I guess the dude, like, they invited all their friends for this photo shoot, and he actually proposed in real life, like, during this, like, chew thing. And then they came the next day, and they were all, like, you know, so giddy. And it was, like, real touching that, like, you know, my stupid comic book could, like, affect people that they would, like, make this, like, part of their lives. Right. I wonder if they regret it now or if they're divorced. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean that I, there there have been a ton of memories. But yeah, that one really sticks out as like you know that like you know that that brought some tears to our eyes. I think. I bet. I, one of the comics I designed, one of the characters I designed, someone made like a we're gonna make like a fan film about it, and I saw some images. But uh, you know, I've never worked on anything big enough to where people like cosplay characters. You know, yeah, like I mean, co- we've had co-creating. tattoos, we've had cosplay. You, you know the the Tony Parker uh, cookie jar story. No, no. <laughs> so, uh, at a San Diego con, someone like brought Rob and I ceramic pollo, the the chicken character, uh-huh. brought us cookie jars, uh, and like you know that you know he commissioned an artist to like you know sculpt these cookie jars, and you know I'm flying, I don't want to put this in my luggage. Tony Parker's local, and he's driving, and you know he's he's a he's a great guy pretty straight edge though and and i don't necessarily have a reputation for being straight edge and i'm i'm texting him like hey man i got this cookie jar you know can you um can you bring it back to phoenix for me and he's like oh you know uh, let's talk (laughs) and and he comes back and he's like well you know you know i'm i'm fine you know with anything but i I just want you to know my you know the guy i'm driving with is a cop and i'm like Dude, cookie jar wasn't a like a secret <laughs> code. It's a cookie jar. 
And then like uh, when he, so he did. And then when I, I I told him I'd take him to lunch, and I made a you know I made a point to open it to show that he wasn't you know smuggling PCP or whatever. It was actually a cookie jar, right? Yeah, but yeah, that funny. was crazy when you know fans make shit for you. It you right, know, it's nuts. Um, so if you had to if you had to try to narrow down a favorite city or favorite con, would it be Emerald City? Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, I just I just love the city and I just kind of love the vibe. Yeah, it was the first show I ever got a free table at. And uh, it was just fun because, you know, like uh, friends that I knew that I kind of was trying to break in with, they were also there. And uh, it was just fun to it was the first show that it was like, oh, I'll be back next year because I know that I can get a table next year. And it's also not super Hollywood. I mean, they do. it, it, It is more corporate with you know, with, with read pop and, you know, they, they got a few more celebrities, but it doesn't feel, it still feels like a comic book store. I mean, a comic book show as opposed to San Diego, which is, you know, an entertainment show. All right. Uh, last question then. Do you have any advice for people that are getting into comics or are just traveling for work, like freelancers who travel for work? Do you have any advice, uh, people trying to break in or anything like that? You know, I, I think I think a lot of people go to shows to try to pitch or try to like work and you you need to I'm talking I'm just talking comics now. I don't I don't know any other business, but like it's better to just go and have a good time and try to make friends organically rather than, you know, is this guy going to help me? Right. Um because the the you know the the nobody who is a friend, you, you know, who you, you hit it off with at a bar or, you know, a, a meet and greet or whatever today, eight years ago, eight years from now, they're going to be, you know, an editor at this place and, uh, you know, at this or that place. And like comics, comics is very small. And, and you know, I don't know. It, it's just, I, I just think karmically it kind of pays to treat everyone the same, you know, whether you're Joe Schmo or, or Joe Casada. Because you know Joe Schmo will be Joe Casada in fifteen years, maybe. Uh, you know, so I just go and like hope to make friends, and uh, you know, someday maybe you'll be working with them. You know, if not, maybe you just made a friend. Yeah, that's good advice. I I agree. Like if you go, and this happened to me a lot when I first started doing shows, was I was so caught up in the wanting to be you know the the fomo wanting to be one of the dudes at that table with certain people and stuff like that yeah and, and then i quickly just realized like it, it's worse if i'm first of all i'm gonna over drink because i'm gonna try to get that liquid courage and then it's gonna be problematic or i'm gonna you know make an ass out of myself which i don't think i've done but it's it, it's not off the menu yeah um and yeah, so it's, and it's, i think it's better to you know just be with a bunch of friends and make your own table yeah yeah, find find the person that you know you can saddle up next to at any show in any state, and uh, you know ride or die with those guys rather than constantly be like, oh, I wish I was at that table or something like that. I mean, it's weird because you know Chew Chew was pretty big for a while, and there were there were certain people who were real buddy buddy with me, and then you know when 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 you know the next thing hit, you know they moved on, and right. uh, you know nothing like success or lack of success to show you where your friends are, who your friends are. So, you know, I would rather, I would rather go out with some people where where I'm going to just have good conversation than go to something, you know, politically advantageous. I agree. Just uh, show people the best way to do it is just show people that you're, you're in in a room full of people that have, social anxieties and awkwardness just don't be the most awkward or social anxiety yeah, person yeah. in the room. And the, uh, the other thing, if, you know, if, if you don't want something from some, from somebody other than, you know, companionship or a good time, you're the person they're going to want to hang out with again. Cause you know, right. you're not going to, you know, be bugging them for, you know, work or, you know, introduce me to this person or, you know, this or that, you know, it just, uh, you'll, you'll be a, a more desirable companion in the long run. I very much agree with that. Um, do you have anything coming up you want to mention or uh, social media or anything you want to point out to people? Nope. <laughs> yeah, I, I just found out the, the the one comic book I've got on the schedule has been delayed and it's not coming out until like March or April 2023. So Ooh. there are no drums for me to be, for me to beat right now. 
All right. Well, if anyone doesn't have their complete chew, chew omnibuses, they should go get those. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. All right, man. Well, thanks for hanging out. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, you and Scott get get to get to Scott's neck of the wood, and let me, you know, let me take you to that bar. All right. Sounds good. All right, Ryan. Take it All easy, right, brother. Yep. Bye. Bye.